Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. And so I'm going to share a message with you today, and I'll jump back into it throughout the year to give you some reminders about this. But it's called Rest Your Promised Land. Rest Your Promised Land. Rest is your promised land. Psalm 23, a very familiar passage to a number of us. Starting with verse 1, you can follow my notes in the Version Bible app. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Aren't you glad that he's a good shepherd? I shall not want or I shall not lack. One of the job of the shepherd is to lead you, so he's always leading you to a place of no lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. What is that? Rest. He finds the best places for you to rest and experience rest. Your shepherd is leading you to places of no lack and places where you can rest. He leads me beside the still waters. Still waters, these are peaceful, restful waters. He restores my soul. He restores, he refreshes, he makes like new your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and the very control center of your emotions. And after everything we've been through in the last two years, we can use some refreshing and restoration for our souls. Some of you like, I needed it before 2020, but now in 2022, I need some more restoration for my soul. And your shepherd is leading you in a way where your mind, your will, and your emotions can be refreshed. They can be restored. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So once again, we see he has a path for us. We talked about a lot last month. He has a path for you. Say, God has a path for me. He's leading you down the path of righteousness. He's leading you down the right path, the good path for your life. And on that path is rest. On that path is provision. On that path is peace. On that path is everything you need. Even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, rest does not stop. Even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, provision does not stop. Why? Because you're still with your shepherd. You have to understand, it's the valley of the shadow of death. This is not Peter Pan, when's the last time a shadow hurt you? So even when you go through dark times in life, your shepherd is still with you. He still has provision. He still has rest. He still has peace. But one of the times when you look at that phrase, shadow of death, quote in the New Testament, it's from how light was sprung up, how Jesus walked through the valley shadow of death, but it wasn't dark anymore because the shepherd had arrived. So although you may go to the valley shadow of death, you need to stop looking at the shadow. Look at your shepherd who is light right next to you, who has the provision, who has the peace, who has the rest, who is your protector, who's going to make a table before you in the presence of your enemies. The only way you can chill back and pig out at a feast with the enemy enemy surrounding you if you believe the person who made the meal is strong enough to protect you while you die. The provision doesn't stop because you have enemies. The feast does not stop because you have enemies. Stop praying for your haters to disappear. You need an audience. 
because some of you think it's your haters, it's people who are doing these things against you. No, there are demons and principalities and harassing spirits that have set themselves against you to get you off of God's path. You need to stop focusing on what the devil is doing. Because too long, we, sir, we, how do we talk? We won't say it in church, but the way we talk Monday through Saturday is like we serve an itty-bitty God, but we have a mighty devil we're facing. We talk about the devil. Well, the devil did this. The devil did that. Did you see the news? Did you hear that? Did you see Twitter? The devil did this. The devil did that. Well, what about God? What about your shepherd? What about the path he has for your life? What about the peace? What about the presence? What about the provision? How long are you taking talking about what God is doing, and how long are you taking talking about what the devil is doing? Could it be you've lost your rest because you magnify the devil and you minimize God? Have we forgotten we serve the almighty God, the all-powerful God, that he has everything we need if we would just turn to look to him and receive from him? There are things that will steal your rest. And we're going to talk about those things today because there are traps in life that will take your rest. And too many of us are caught up in the trap. You know, when I was thinking about this message and praying over it, and as you guys saw last month, you already know I like a lot of sci-fi. And when I'm proclaiming this message, it's like, oh, did you, do you imagine a biblical character preaching in the Old Testament? No. A biblical character in the New Testament? No. One of the early church fathers, a revivalist? No. I saw Admiral Akbar. Now, I don't know, Daniel, if you have the image, but he's a character from Star Wars Return of the Jedi. And his most famous line out of the movie is, it's a trap. And now it's a meme that anytime something crazy about to happen, it's a trap. And I want to say that to you a lot today because you're going to have an opportunity multiple times this coming week to fall into a trap. But I want this message to echo in your head and your heart that when it happens, you go, it's a trap. I'm not going into it because it's a trap. I'm not losing my peace. I'm not losing my rest because I see that. That's a trap. There are things that will steal your rest if you get caught up in the trap. Go to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6, we're going to look at verse 16. We're going to avoid the traps this week. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths where the good way is. Say the good way. And walk therein, you shall find rest for your souls. Once again, there's rest on your path. Come on, say it with me. Put it in the chat. Say, there's rest on my path. But notice what it says at the end of this verse. But they said, and I wonder if you are the they today, we will not walk therein. God says, this is a path for you. On this path, there is rest. He's like, we don't want it. We got our own GPS. We can go our own way. So God is telling you, I have rest for you, but is your lifestyle, are your habits, are your patterns of thinking yelling out, I don't want your rest, Jesus? Because God has so many things for you, but he's not going to force you to take it. There are gifts. You have to receive gifts. Well, look at your thinking today, your actions, your habits. Are you rejecting God's rest because you think you know better? Or because it's what you've always done? 
There's a lot of people who miss out on rest because they're so used to their past. Well, I always did it this way, but maybe you always did it wrong. Or maybe what you did was right for that season, but it's a new season and a new day. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. There is a path for you, and on that path there is rest. But you're going to have to make the decision to walk in that path. You're going to have to make a decision to enter into God's rest for you and remain in that rest. Hebrews chapter 3. And one of the things you see about Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4, it's referencing the children of Israel who left Egypt. God delivered them with a mighty hand, delivered from Pharaoh and the Egyptian empire. He parted the Red Sea. He fed them in the wilderness, and he took them to the edge of the promised land. And we know the end of the story, they would not enter therein, and the writer of Hebrews is talking about that. In Hebrews chapter 3, start with verse 7. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, say today. Come on, say today and put it in the chat, say today. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. That's what we just mentioned. In the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. Said they, do, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren. Don't this think that's just a good Sunday school story lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Notice what the Bible calls evil, a heart of unbelief. Because we say, well, Hitler's evil. This person's evil. That is evil. True. But so is an unbelieving heart. What does an unbelieving heart cause you to do? It causes you to depart from the living God. But exhort one another daily. Why does it call today? Say today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin will harden your heart. And the thing is, we was like, well, you think about the big sins. Well, what you just thought about in your head are the big sins to you. Sin is sin. But the sins that you're not thinking about, that you think, okay, God understands, it's 2022, God knows me, those are still sins too, and those are deceiving, and those deceiving sins will cause your heart to be hardened and steal your rest. Don't think you could be experiencing God's rest if you choose whole like instead of holy. You can confess all you want, stand on the promise all you want, but if you choose to go against God's way, you'll miss out on what he has for you. And he's always oh, talking to young people. No. Some of you seniors need some checkup on this area too. Holiness is still right. Because the wages of sin is death. And sin will rob you of your rest. Today, say today. For then it says, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who having heard rebelled Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? 
Now with whom, who was he angry with 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but it was not to those who did not obey? So we see they could not enter in because of their unbelief. The unbelief led them into sin. Their unbelief led them into sin and kept them from experiencing God's rest for their life. Your unbelief is dangerous. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Unbelief will lead you into sin and cause you to lose your rest. So you have to make a decision today. Say today. Who will you believe? Because there's many words and many messengers out there. But is the message you believe, is it based on the word of God? Or is it based off whatever the political party is saying? Or whatever the news is saying? Or whatever social media is saying? Or whatever this celebrity is saying? Whatever this person is saying? Whatever that family member is saying? Who are you basing your belief off of? And is what you believing cause you to depart from the living God? Is what you're believing cause you to enter into sin that is hardening your heart, cause you to miss out on the rest God has for you? The most dangerous thing in this world is not a nuclear weapon. The most dangerous and damning thing in this world is not the environmental crisis. The most dangerous and damning thing in this world is a hard heart. Because once your heart becomes so hard to a point you can't hear God talk. And you'll get into situations that will only take the voice of God to get you out of, and you wonder why you can't hear God. Because you've hardened your heart. One of the reasons Pharaoh was judged so harshly, he had hardened his heart. And notice who they're talking to in Hebrews 3, people who heard the word. These aren't people who never heard the word. They heard the word. They were delivered or saved from Egypt. They were baptized in the Red Sea, as Paul says. And yet, they missed out on the rest, even though they were God's people. Say, I belong to God. Don't miss out on his rest. How many people have missed out what God had for them on this earth, thinking it was only for heaven? So you put up with hell on earth. And then you die going, well, now I can get at what God has for you, when God wants you to have heaven on earth. And heaven when you get to heaven. But you'll miss it if you go after things your own way. If you live the way the world tells you to live. If you follow the world's way, you'll be anxious just like the world. If you follow the world's way, you'll be afraid just like the world. If you follow the world's way, you'll be terrified just like the world. What comes on them will come on you because you put your agreement with them by your lifestyle. But when you make a decision, say, you know what, God, I'm going to do it your way. Even if I don't want to, let's be honest, sometimes you don't want to do it God's way. Don't look at me like that. There are sometimes you don't want to do it God's way. God, I do not want to forgive them. I want to knock them out. I want to act on LL Cool J's word. Mama said knock you out. I want to knock all of them out right now. Forgive later, not out now. You don't always want to do it God's way. So when you pray, be honest. God, I will do it because you're you. 
I don't want to do it, so help my want to. Help me want to do what's right. Help me not to knock them out. Help me not to cuss them out. Help me, Jesus. Be real with him. He knows you. So stop pretending in the presence of God. Ask for help. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit, your helper. Ask for help. And then set boundaries over your life. Everybody doesn't need to have access to you. Some of you need to turn your phones off at a certain time of night. Because they're not texting you at 3 a.m. for a Bible study. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. Text you right after Valentine's Day. Chocolate is on sale. They don't have to buy you any expensive Valentine's Day gift. Oh, they're interested in me. No, they're interested in your refund check. Come on, let's be wiser than this. Set boundaries over your life so you don't fall in the trap. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Say, it's a trap. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains, say remains, of entering his rest, let us fear reverence, lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. You'll see later on in this chapter about how powerful the word of God is, sharper than any two-edged sword. We know one word from God can change your life. We know all that, and it's all true. But that word did not work for them because they did not mix the word with faith. Anybody like making lemonade or Kool-Aid? I like to, like there's a, the lemonade I like to make, I would make for family gatherings. You know, I'll put all the lemonade mix in and then I would get the sugar. So well, how much sugar would you put in? I just pour it in until it felt right. <laughs> so I felt that witness within my spirit, not even spirit, spirit. And then I had all the other ingredients. But the thing is, if I just left it that way, it would taste horrible. It would only taste good when I mixed it together. It would only be refreshing if I mixed it together. Maybe the word is not working for you because you haven't mixed it. You have to mix it with faith. Well, what's the mixer? Your mouth. You can't just say hallelujah on Sunday and talk like hell the rest of the week. If you want the word to work for you, you gotta put the word in your mouth. That's how you mix the words you heard with faith. Because one of the things you'll study out about that generation that died in the wilderness, when you see this word again and again and again and again, they murmured. That word murmur means they came to a stop and began to complain. They weren't just complaining and kept going forward, they complained and came to a complete halt. So what is the complaining you're doing doing to you? Well, I don't say anything, yet you type it. All over your social media pages. Well, I'm just venting. Well, do you really need to vent to the whole world? Can you vent to somebody who's gonna put you back in faith? If you gotta vent, talk to somebody who's reminded about what Jesus said. 
not people who are going to validate the emotional state you find yourself in, who will keep you in that state, and you'll stay offended, stay upset, and you'll lose out what God has for you. Sometimes we post stuff because we want validation for our sin. Hebrews chapter 4. Say it's a trap. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he said, so I swore my wrath they should not enter my rest. Although the works were finished, say finished, from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in this place they should not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains, say remains, that some must enter it, and those to whom his first priest did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day, saying, and David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not have afterwards spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Say, there remains a rest for me. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent, say diligent, to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience, that same example of unbelief. Now this word, be diligent, means to labor, it means to exert oneself, it means to endeavor. But that sounds like a contradictory statement. You have to labor to rest. You have to work to rest. You have to endeavor to enter into God's rest. It doesn't just happen automatically. You have to work to get into God's rest. Why? Because you're used to worrying. You're used to being anxious. You're used to being afraid. And to get yourself out of that mentality is going to take some work. Say work. So every time the anxiety shows up, you're going to have to work to get out of the anxiety and get into God's rest. Even have to sing some of those old songs we've been singing for decades. If that's the only thing that gets you into God's rest, then you need to sing it. Whatever you need to do to get yourself into God's rest, you need to do. You say, well, I can't sing well. We're not talking about record a Grammy. You sing whatever you need to sing according to the scriptures to get you into God's rest. You have to work to get into God's rest. You have to labor and endeavor to get into God's rest. You have to labor to make sure you don't fall into the trap that will rob you from God's rest. Say, it takes work. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let's look at some of this work. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. says, be careful for nothing. That means don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, in the things that will cause you to be anxious, in the things that will cause anxiety, in the things that will cause you to worry, in the things that will cause you to stress, in those things, what should you do? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So instead of worrying and going off on this tangent trail, because you know the tangent trail of your mind can last longer than the tangent trail on social media reels. 
You look at one reel, and an hour later, it's like, man, I'm still looking at reels. How am I still looking at my phone? But the tangent trail of your mind of worry and fear is even longer. Before you know it, you've stayed up all night worrying about something, stressing about something, anxious about something that may actually never happen. So in that moment, before you go through the reels of anxiety, in that moment when you see stress showing up, when you show, see anxiety showing up, when you see the panic beginning to show up, before it even seizes you, just say, you know what? Father, I ask for your help in this area. Father, here's what I want to happen in this area. And don't just throw out a prayer, you throw out a prayer based on the word of God. So Father, according to the scripture, this is what I'm believing for. Whether it's wisdom, whether it's strength, whether it's healing, whether it's provision, whether it's deliverance, you in that moment, turn to God in prayer. But don't just pray, prayer with thanksgiving. What happens when someone gives you a gift? What should you say? Thank you. It's just polite, right? Well, maybe we should be polite with our prayers. If we really believe what we pray, when we pray, we should tell God thank you, because when you pray with faith, you're praying that at the same moment you pray, you receive what you ask for. And so if you really believe you receive what you ask for, you tell God thank you. So after you pray, say, Father, I thank you that you heard me, because I prayed according to your word, I receive it. In that moment. That's how you don't fall into the trap. Because if you pray real quickly and go back to worrying, just go to the next reel. But you pray, and you thank God, and you sing scriptural songs. Notice I didn't say Christian songs, because not every Christian song is scriptural. Some Christian songs get you into more worry and fear. I told someone one time, they said, if you listen to a certain Christian radio, and this was, I lived in another city at this time, so I'm not knocking any of our radio stations here. And I said, no, sometimes secular music is more edifying and uplifting and less fear. And they just looked at me because they didn't expect a preacher to say that. You got to be careful what you listen to, even if it's on Christian stations. Because if it's causing you to go to fear and unbelief and anxiety, you need to turn that mess off. Well, I don't know what station to listen to. Make your own station. Sing to yourself psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Make up songs about God's favor. Whatever you got to do, stay out of fear. Stay out of worry. Stay out of anxiety. Stay in faith. And what's going to happen if you do this? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If this is your response every time the reel of worry begins to play, Peace will be your guard. So that means there's going to be stuff going on all around you, but it can't get through the peace. Now, notice people will get mad at you for being at peace. Why aren't you worrying? Why aren't you losing your mind? Why aren't you pulling out your hair? You just write, my hair is too expensive to pull out. <laughs> Don't let people be mad at you because you kept your peace. Let them be mad. You keep your peace. So, God bless you, darling. It's okay. I ain't going there. I ain't doing it. And see, some of you, some of you are like me. I'm going to put myself out there because some of you can identify this. Some of us, when something's going wrong, you can see it all over your face. But some of you are internal people, like I am. Anybody else internal? That 
People think, oh, they're at peace, but on the inside, you are doing somersaults and flips. I remember one time before we moved into this building, there were so many things that went right and majorly wrong about this building as we were building it. And I remember one of those meetings, we discovered one of the things that went majorly wrong. And I was quiet, and one of the leaders at the table said, how can he be so calm in a situation like this? And then someone else at the table who has a personality like mine said, he's not calm, he's furious. And I was, I was furious on the inside. But just because you're an internal person doesn't mean you're at peace. So for all of you internal people like me, you need to make sure on the inside you're at peace. All you silent people, some of you brothers, you need to make sure you're at peace in here. Just because everybody thinks you're at peace, you and Jesus know the truth. So all of you internal people, you need to guard your hearts and make sure you're at peace. So just like we want people who are external to turn to prayer with thanksgiving, you need to turn to prayer with thanksgiving, even if you're internally losing it. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You have to realize not every thought that comes to your mind is from you. Some are things you see in media. Some are things shot like arrows from harassing spirits, seeing if you'll take it. Because of how this world works in certain areas, there's certain principalities that rule certain areas. And there's certain thoughts that will pop in your head as you drive through those areas. Like, where does that even come from? I don't even deal with that. The enemy's just trying to see if you take it, if you accept it. Because just because FedEx delivers a package doesn't mean you have to take it inside. You don't have to take it in. You don't have to open it. You can, like, return to send it. I don't want that. Same thing with your thought life. Just because it pops up in your head doesn't mean you have to grab it and think on it. You don't have to touch it with your mouth. Like, no, nah, I'm not thinking about that. No, I'm not thinking about that. That's not my thought. I'm not thinking about that. Well, how often do I need to do that until it stops trying to get in your head? If you want peace, if you want rest, you're going to have to take control of what you think about. You can't just think on anything that pops in your mind. You're going to have to be disciplined with your thought life if you want to walk in the rest God has for you. That might mean you need to stop listening to certain news channels. Well, this news channel preaches the truth. None of them do. <laughs> they all got their own agendas. It's like, oh, Pastor, you just say that. I, I'm a broadcast journalist by trade. They all have their own agendas. And so you have to see through it. I'm not saying you don't watch the news at all. I'm just saying, look, but don't obsess. You don't need to watch it for 24 hours. You're just going to be stressed. And you're going to buy the, all the anxiety medicine they recommended in between the commercial breaks. <laughs> You've got to watch how much time you're spending on social media. If you're always mad every time you open the app, close the app. <laughs> Set a time limit. This is my time limit for the day, 15 minutes. When you let, like, well, no more for me. Come on, stay out of the muck and the mire. 
Because some of you were at peace until you opened up Facebook or Twitter or whichever one you want to spend all the time in. And you just look at all these people saying crazy stuff and you get mad. You get in a fight with a person who has three followers and has a robot as a profile picture. They're not even real. These are bots that you're getting angry with and offended at. They don't even, the bots aren't even based in the United States. It's based off of Eastern Europe and you are upset and it ruins your day. You argue with something that doesn't exist. You arguing with Siri and your day is ruined. It's a trap. I'm not saying don't go on social media, but I'm saying know yourself. How much time do you really need to be on it? Set guardrails around your own life. Stay out of the muck and the mire. See, one of the things that says in Psalms, he lifted us up out of the miry clay. Don't put yourself back in it. Talking about what God delivered you from, then you put yourself right back in the mud, right back in the muck. Don't go back to it. Walk in the freedom Christ has liberated you into. Go with me to Psalm 127. Let's talk to you insomniacs for a second. You can't sleep. So I remember years ago when I was a student at Oral Roberts University, there was a period of time of two years when my brother was actually there uh, when I was there at the same time. And so I lived on floor 11, he lived on floor seven. And anytime somebody on his floor couldn't sleep, had a trouble sleeping, he just just go upstairs and talk to my brother. And I would talk to him for less than five minutes. I'd give him two passages of scriptures. I said, here's what I want you to say before you go to bed. That's all I want you to do. That's it, that's what I want you to do. They come back to him and said, I've never slept so well my entire life. I slept like a baby. So next time someone said, I can't sleep, they'll say, go upstairs and talk to Kara. And so I want to share with you what I share with him. Because it'll work for you too. If you could get college students to go to sleep who couldn't sleep, I think it'll work for you too. Psalm 127, because this passage, well, we'll get to it in a second. Psalm 127, starting with verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So make sure you're doing what God's telling you to do. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It doesn't say the watchman shouldn't be there. The watchman should be there. But the watchman needs to do his job, and God's going to do his job. It is vain or worthless or useless for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. It is pointless for you to wake up early and worry. Stay up late and worry. And worry all day long. Why? You accomplish nothing. He gives his beloved sleep. He gives those who he loves sleep. Say, God loves me, so he gives me sleep. This is one of the verses I took them to. I said, here's what don't you say. Because he loves me, he gives me sweet sleep. But I want you parents to notice this next verse. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They should not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Why would you talk about sleep right before you talk to parents? If you have kids, you know why the Word of God put that there. It's not just because they keep you awake at night, but for you parents who are stressed out, stressed out dads, worried moms, anxious about some of the decisions your children are making, even though they're Children in their 30s are still anxious, concerned, 
worried. Staying up all night, it's not praying, but worrying. And so, well, I'm going to pray, but you worry and call it prayer instead of actually praying. For all of you, going into that trap of worry because of your children, he gives you sleep. It is useless for you to worry. It produces nothing when you worry. Yes, prayer and faith according to the word of God with thanksgiving changes lives forever. But if all you're doing with is worrying, go to bed. God will be awake. You go to sleep. Some of you are preventing God from working, and the only time he gets up done is when you sleep. Some of you, one of the most spiritual things some of y'all could do today is go home and take a nap. Let God work. He has sleep for you. He has rest for you. Don't let family drama steal your sleep. Don't let worry and anxiety steal your sleep. He has sweet sleep for you. So he has sweet sleep for me. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. This is the next passage I took them to. Proverbs chapter 3, starting with verse 21. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Let not what depart. Sound wisdom and discretion. So we're talking about the wisdom of God. So shall, they shall be life unto your soul and grace to your neck. Then shall you walk in your way safely. Say safely. And your foot shall not stumble. When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yea, you shall lie down and your sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither the desolation of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord shall be your confidence and shall keep your foot from being taken. Verse 26 of New Living Translation says, For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. And how do you get these benefits of the sweet sleep and living safely? Follow the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Even when, and especially when it contradicts the wisdom of this age. Follow the wisdom of God. What is God telling you to do? I'm not telling what he told someone else to do. What is he telling you to do? Well, so-and-so across the street did that. No, no, no. What is he telling you to do? It's like when some of y'all growing up, you said, well, so-and-so did it. I'm not so-and-so's parent. What is God telling you to do? Follow the wisdom of God for your life. Live your life according to the word of God. Apply yourself to the wisdom of God. And when you do, you'll live securely. You'll live safely. Don't be afraid, it says. And you'll sleep sweetly. And you live this way, you avoid all the traps we talked about today. So you'll have rest. Foolishness will rob you of your rest. So don't be entertained by foolishness. So what do you mean that? Don't watch some comedy? No, I'm talking about the social media stuff y'all be getting tied up into. It's like, ooh, did you hear what happened to so-and-so's life? I, I thought the Bible told us not to gossip. Just because gossip is a multi-billion dollar industry in this country does not mean we should still engage in it. And clout chasing just because someone else had an issue or someone else had a perceived issue, so you edit what they say and you try and get extra followers. That's still gossip. That's messy. That's the muck, that's the mire, and it will rob you of your rest. 
Even the Christian gossip channels will rob you of your rest. You don't need to engage in that. If you want rest, if you want peace, you gotta stay out of the drama. And don't be messy, because if you're so messy, you will receive messy. Some of you are messy because you keep sewing messy. I'm not talking about the state of your car, your house. I'm talking about your life and your mouth and your emotions. Just messy. People say, well, I'm this way because I'm a prophet. No, you're a messy prophet. <laughs> God still calls prophets, so walk in love. Don't put it on your gifting or your office. No, if you messy, you messy, and you need to be washed with the water of the Word of God and stop being messy. If you're messy, you won't have rest, and you'll call it your prophetic burden. <laughs> Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Let's begin to bring it to a close. This is helping anybody today. Psalm 37, verse 1. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Fret means to be constantly or visibly worried or concerned or anxious. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. What is that? Looking at the people you know aren't living for God and how they got money, how they're prospering, how it seems like life is good. It's like, God, I've been serving you. I've been tithing. I've been praying. But look, I got this issue, and they're just living on top of the world. And you worry and stressed and anxious about it because it seems like they're doing well and you're not. The scriptures stop that. Don't be anxious about that. Don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. Because one thing, it tells you in Ecclesiastes that they, God has given them a ministry. So what is that ministry? To heap up gold and silver as the dust so God can take it and give it to those who are right in his sight. So don't be worried when the sinners make money. It's like, oh, they work for me. So do not be envious of them. Do not fret about them. Don't be anxious. You just wish them the best. God bless y'all. You focus on your life. Don't be worried about what sinner has a billion. Well, it's evil to have that money. You just stop. <laughs> Buying into both political parties, nonsense. Just trying to get your vote early. Stop worrying about who has what. You walk before God. God will get you what goes. He's a just God. And in times of judgment and harvest, which we're in, it's times of wealth transfer. Some of you would have more if you stopped being messy. Don't kill your harvest with the words of your mouth. Because certain lifestyles, it tells us, especially in Proverbs, creates almost like holes in your pocket. God has more for you, but you're going to have to walk the path he has for you. Because you start creating your own paths, you're going to lose a lot and call it, you know, well, it's, it's just my struggle, though. It's what you chose. God has more for you. But if you want to experience the more, you have to walk the path he has for you. Even when people don't like the path you're walking on. Even when family members don't understand, when Big Mama don't understand, and Pookie don't understand, and Paco don't understand, you still got to walk the path. You still got to do what God tells you to do. You have to follow the Word of God and listen to the voice of the Spirit of God when it's called today. So that's every day. You need to follow after the voice of God. Remember, as it says in Isaiah, we quote it every week. He is the Lord who teaches you how to profit. 
So even for those who say, well, I wasn't taught this growing up, the Holy Ghost can teach you now. So I miss out on this growing up, the Holy Ghost can teach you now. Well, I didn't have a good mentor, the Holy Ghost can teach you now. And anybody else he needs to bring across your path, he will bring across your path as you follow him. Some of you, if you just stop saying, well, all, everybody stop talking to me, no one taught me this. If you stop saying this, the person who's supposed to teach you would show up. Stop saying, no one has time for me. Stop saying that. Because your words are keeping people from having time for you. But you start to saying that the Holy Ghost teaches me what I need to know. I'm always in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things. You start saying things according to the Word of God, start saying things according to the Scriptures, the right people will be there to help you. You'll meet the right people you need to know, contacts you couldn't have arranged, plugs you couldn't even set up. Show up, because you're right where you're supposed to be, doing what God tells you to do. And some of you are still in seasons of preparation. Don't despise seasons of preparation. So when your season shifts, you're ready to step out. And you have something to step out onto because in your season of preparation, you built a platform. And then when it's time to set up, you have something sturdy. Watch your mouth. Stop creating traps with the words of your mouth. In a few moments, we'll give you something to say this week so you don't create these traps with your mouth. The scripture goes on to say, For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, and you shall dwell in the land. Verily you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Don't let the evil in this world cause you anxiety, stress, or worry. Rest in God. Walk the path he has for you. Romans 8, 26, we'll close here. We'll close here. Romans 8, 26. Romans 8.26. Likewise, or in the same way, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, our limitations. For we know not what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groans which cannot be uttered. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. We've been talking about this on Wednesday nights, and I'll finish it up this Wednesday. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We'll talk about more of that on Wednesday. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Now, the thing is, you can't get verse 28 without 26 and 27. And what 26 and 27 are talking about is praying in the Spirit. And what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, we'll talk more about it on Wednesday. If you want things to work together for your good, you need to spend some time praying in the Spirit. And we'll talk about how those things are worked out on Wednesday. But verse 28 is what we're going to focus on today. The part of the verse that says, all things work together for good. And so we had some things just in my own personal life, me and my wife, in case it happened this week, that was just shocking and weird and like, you got to be kidding me. And the thing is, all we could do is smile and laugh like, you know, hey, 
And so what I've been saying all week is it's working together for our good. And you'd be surprised at the wonderful things that have worked together for our good this week. Because I can have what I say. Something crazy pop off, it's working together for my good. It's working together for my good. And then we get a call and say, hey, this just happened for you. Look, it just worked together for my good. So here's what I want you to say this week. Every time something crazy pop off in your face, say it's working together for my good. That's what I want you to say. It's working together for my good. That's what you need to keep saying. Well, how often do I say it? Every time something crazy pops up. I am telling you that something crazy is going to pop off in your life this week. So don't be shocked when it does. I am telling you, crazy is coming. But when crazy shows up, say it's working together for my good. And what's happening, you'll watch those situations transform. And then by the time you get to next Sunday, man, I got a testimony. Yeah, crazy happened on Monday, but by Thursday, my God. It's working together for my good. Say, it's working together for my good. Come on, let's say it again. Let's put it in the chat. Say, it's working together for my good. One more time. Say, it's working together for my good. That's what you need to say throughout all this week. And things show up, it's working together for my good. No matter what it is, it's working together for my good. No matter how big or small, it's working together for my good. No matter what the enemy tries, it's working together for my good. He's able to take, God is able to take the worst attack of the enemy and turn it to your biggest blessing. He specializes in that. That the attack wasn't the will of God, but how God turned it is good. Even things that have been bothering you for a long time, you start saying, it's working together for my good. It's working together for my good. See, some of you would have a lot more rest if you just start saying, it's working together for my good. So you know what, I'm not going to be anxious about that anymore. It's working together for my good. You know, I'm not stressing about that anymore. It's working together for my good. You know what, I'm not worrying anymore. It's working together for my good. Well, don't you know what they said about you? It's working together for my good. Don't you, didn't you see the, on the news? It's working together for my good. Didn't you see the doctor report? It's working together for my good. Your car ain't starting. It's working together for my good. The job's firing someone. It's working together for my good. That's what you keep saying no matter what. And then do what we're going to share on Wednesday night, and you'll be amazed at how many things work together for your good. You have to understand there is an enemy in this world, and he does have attacks. And sometimes he'll attack you because you're effective. So take it as a compliment. It's working together for my good. I know stuff that happened to me this week or the last couple months. I'm effective. I was talking to my wife. She's like, why do you think this keeps happening? I said, we're effective. That's why. It's working together for our good. And then there's the wonderful victories you keep experiencing. It's working together for our good. Because I promised myself last year, I said, I'm not going to stress this year like I stressed last year. Because I'm an internal person. He's like, oh, no one knows you're stressed. Oh, I was stressed at different points. But I said, you know what? I ain't doing that. I ain't doing it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm only 35, but I'm too old for that. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Had enough gray hairs that I dye blonde and dye back black. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. It's working together for my good. I'm choosing peace. 
I'm choosing rest. I am going to enjoy my life. I stopped caring about hairstyles a long time ago. I said, I'm going to live the locked life. I don't care. Might look like, you know, Pastor Killmonger, but hey, look, it is what it is. I'm going to enjoy my life. See what happens when you're free? Stress has to leave. We say, you know what? I choose peace. It's like, oh, well, they're going to talk. They're always going to talk. They're going to post. Of course they will. They're going to talk. We'll let them talk as they go to the bank. Man, I ain't stressing. I, I'm not. I ain't doing that. I encourage you to join me. Just don't. Don't be bothered. Don't be worried. You live the life God has called you to live. You choose peace. You choose rest. You choose refreshing. You choose not to get caught up in the craziness of the world, what people have to say. You do what God tells you to do and enjoy your life. John 10, 10, Jesus came that you might have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. Stop letting people and the enemy in life steal your rest. Enjoy your life. It's a gift from God. I'd like to say it this way. Life is a gift and the giver is good. So when stuff happens this week, just smile. It's working together for my good. Well, did you hear? It's working together for my good. Oh, that happened. Of course it did. It's working together for my good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's working together for my good. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Stand to your feet. Oh, so we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you for peace, thank you for rest. Thank you for showing us how to deal with the stress. Thank you for giving us joy. Thank you for giving us strength. Thank you for giving us wisdom. Thank you for the rest. Thank you that you are Jehovah Shalom, the God who sends peace. Thank you that you are the God of peace. We thank you that there's provision and rest and peace on our path. Hallelujah. 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 You see, because when you say it's working together for my good, that is your authority at work because you're speaking what the Holy Ghost tells you to speak. Because what happens when you say that, your authority that's given to you in the name of Jesus, that is your right as a child of God, will go into work and will cause harassed spirits to bow down. We talk about a lot about harassed spirits because they're out there, they're working. But if you use your authority, they have to bow. 
Don't cooperate with them. Use your authority, and they will bow. Don't say what they're telling you to say. You say what the Word says, and they will bow. Even situations, situations that have been going on for a long time. I'm talking about things you've been struggling with. I'm not talking about for five months. I'm talking about decades. Will bow. You will start seeing it bow this week. I proclaim that in the authority of Jesus. These situations bow. Mountains be removed. Giants fall. Principalities fall before the feet of Jesus' people. All of these things are working together for our good. It's working together. 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 It is working together for your good. It is turning. It is transforming. And you see nothing yet. What he's about to bring into your hands, you see nothing yet. It's working together. It's working together. It's working together. It's working together. And Frank, you watch what he's about to do for you. You watch what he's about to turn for you. You watch what he's about to bring your way. It's working together. It's working together. It's working together. Minister Dathan, sing something. I'll give you peace when the storm is raging. I'll be your light when the road ahead seems easy. I have the power. Just put your trust in me, anything you need, have faith in me, just ask, just ask in my name. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as
us on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.